measuring success. They might look at you and say, hey, we just want to bring in some new information. Mm-hmm. We don't understand what you're doing, but we're going down a path that says we need to figure out some things that we don't understand. Hey, dude, I feel like everybody's right and everybody's wrong. 100%. Why is this important? Why are we even going here? He's helped a lot of guys. He's also not had success with a lot of guys. Come in with a purpose and they're very intentional with what they do and how they do it. From the majors to the sandlot, baseball and softball share space in one place. Welcome to the farm system. And that might be their their measures, measuring stick for success might be we have new information that we can lean on or that we can try out. If they're like, yeah, we if we bring you in, we need our batting average across the minor league system to go up by 10 points. And if that's if you don't do that, then it's a failure. Yeah. It's like, well, that's kind of a it's a weird way to say it. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's funny cause the, I, I don't even know what the full perspective is anymore on somebody like you or somebody like somebody on Twitter the other day was like, Oh, the league knows this, the league knows that this move doesn't work. I'm like, dude, I was on the team. I've been on phone calls with major league organizations, mm. multiple teams in the last two days. Mm. So what does the league know? I don't understand what you're you're trying to like flex on me that you think you talk to somebody that works for a team. I'm like, yeah, I talk to people too. What are we talking about? Well, like well, we're not you're not competing on the right stage right now. <laughs> well, I, I think that's the one I brought that up the other day when uh someone said um, you know, like in general, uh people might uh let's say it's like a minor league coach or something like that. And they're like, Oh, well, they, you know, coach for the Cardinals or something like that. And it's like the general public not understanding it's like yeah, but like the conversations again that you and I are having with these organizations, like, yeah, I mean, I talk to individual like hitting coaches and things like that as well. But like more often as well, it's like overall, like overarching uh, philosophy and like understanding with all these constraints, like the best you can do in like all these areas. But also with that as well, it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, perspective from that other side. Is like you're saying is like uh, it's a. Uh, there's actually a name for it where like from psychology where they use this, they use somebody else's credibility as their credibility because they are saying, Hey, somebody with credibility agrees with me. Mm-hmm. So I am therefore credible. Um, it's a natural thing that we all do where again, we'll, we'll name drop. Well, you know, X, Y, and Z and like, Oh, I was talking with this person. Oh, well, you know, whatever that is. Um, you know, and that, Oh, that's why the, Tigers can't hit or, you know, like they'll, you know, this is exactly why old school, blah, blah, blah. That's why batting averages are so low. It's just like, okay. You know, like, you know, all these things. But again, I think along with it, um, when you're better at identifying like some of these lower level thoughts that are, it, it, it's pretty, like it's simple. Like, and I think it's a devaluing of one, maybe some, um, and we're all, we're all, uh, in some way, in the same way, or like we might be like arrogant information of being like fixing these problems and like thinking that we know from like outside what the problems are. Um, but then also to you in the same way, um, it's like if it was such an easy fix, you're thinking that the, the only smart one here that's seeing all of this is, is you. It's like scary place to be in. Um, and then two on the other and side. And also, why aren't you already hired? If yeah. you If you have the answer, then. Yeah. Somebody should hire you to. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I I think it's the same thing too, as well. It's just like, okay, you know, for example, um, and also too, I I mean, I get it. Like you might have the answer, but again, along with it, like you you need to prove it. There is, there is some like 
you know, okay, is it N equals one? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, like you, is it really true? Like you might do your philosophy. Maybe it's swing down or maybe it's, you know, something simple like that. Maybe it's, uh, you know, um, every eighth bat you should drop a bunt just to spread out the defense or something like uh, whatever your philosophy, like some random philosophy. I mean, I'm one time, this will be a funny story for you is that one wait, uh, this old guy, uh, rolled up one day, middle of the day, some random dude. Like he showed up in person. Yeah. He's like 75 years old, at least awesome. he might be in his eighties. He rolls up, can barely get out of the car. Like I helped him get out of the car. He's driving this old Cadillac. Like it was like burgundy or something like that. Right. He gets out. Doesn't really say much to us like, Oh, Hey. And he's like, Hey, and he like, doesn't really make eye contact with us straight walks to like his trunk. And this is like a roll up door. Like we got a roll up door like ours, like in the door was open. He just rolls up in front of the door and just starts walking to his trunk. So here we are. Right? Like, I'm like, well, maybe he's going to take us all out. Let's <laughs> just see what's going on. So he pops his trunk and he just got baseball stuff in his trunk and pulls out a bat. That's like a big five, like wood bat, you know? Um, I don't know if you know big five sporting goods. I don't know how big it is on the East coast. Anyways, no. like, it's like, you know, Anyways, it's like, it's like, it's not, it's not a good bat. It's just like old, like with that. And he's just like, starts talking to us. Like I got this hitting thing that, you know, nobody just, nobody understands this and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, you know I me, mean? I'm like ears open, like, cool. You want to tell me something like, you see, see what you got, you know, like he doesn't know who like 108 is or anything. So he actually went to, uh, there's like a sporting good place, like down the street, like on the end of our, our thing. And he just like rolled up to us and like wanted to train players at our facility like wanted to rent like this was his main thing so i'm like okay well like show me your philosophy like break it down for me like what you got you know so um he gets all still he uh uh takes the bat and he just like lays it flat like this and he's just like the pitch is coming in like this and everybody's bats are like this and then they're swinging barrels dropping everybody's underneath all those things like you need to lay it flat, like perfectly flat and just love it. Love it. pull it through. Right. And, um, we start talking about, you know, some of those things and I'm like, you know, he's like, he's like, they just don't understand if you just laid it flat and blah, blah, how much more success, like everybody would have and all these things. And that was like the root of like his, his thing is just like match plane basically. And then like, just pull it through and like, you'd make way more contact. And, um, uh, so it's just funny, but he was just like, and then we had, you know, I had to have the, like in his head, he's like, I'm going to train here. Like, I'm going to train people here. I'm going to train. Like, like he's like, he figured it out. He literally said, <laughs> he literally said like, when is your next pro guy? Like, when is your next professional athlete? Like coming in, like, I'll show you, I'll work with him. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. Well that, you know, and then we had to have some tough combos, you know? Talk about it's a low, low feel. Yeah. He was just, he was like, I'll show you like, watch, like, and watch how, how, and again, had never. And I'm like, okay, well, what guys have you, you know, worked with? Like, you know, I start like probing him with some of these questions and he's just like, well, I had, you know, my, my, uh, nephew, he batted whatever in his league and he was like this and blah, blah, blah. And I taught him everything. It was just like, oh, okay. Like, you know, but again, he, the, the one thing again, root from that story is like, as well as like someone that passionately loved baseball, like he really did passionately love baseball and. Um, you know, he, he, you know, we, he even pulled out, I think I had the piece of paper. Um, I had it for a long time where he like drew on the piece of paper and he was like, see the picture, like he like gave me a illustration of what he was explaining. And, yeah. uh, but like, yeah, can barely walk, like was like, you know, 
the hurricane, like the whole thing, and the, it was just an interesting thing. The same thing of just like dynamic of what that process was. I love it. It was an interesting piece. I was uh, when people always, I I love using the example of a bunt as a shortest swing. Yeah. So like on the scale of like bunt to like Javi Baez, yeah, Javi Baez yeah. has got the longest swing for sure. Like somewhere in the middle is where you want to be. You didn't know that he struck out a lot because he kicks back. Oh. Yeah, just so you know, it did. I got it. I got it. I got there's it. Also, there's also <laughs> there's also the metric that he chased like a hundred more sliders in the dirt yeah. than everybody else. Well, he also has to commit twenty minutes earlier than everybody else. Yeah. When you have when you have your bat pointing, you know, and it's it's smaller than it used to be. It used it's, to be even bigger. It's big and it's late. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, that's where like, but somebody was like, "You also strikes out." I'm like, okay, like that's. But if you go, if you start at the bunt, right? You yeah. start at a bunt. That's the shortest swing. Yeah. Can you hit the ball effectively with a bunt? What does effectively mean? Can you hit a, can you hit a line drive in the gap with a bunt? No. Not going to happen. Yeah. So if you go from like a bunt but to you the can't hit a double, you can't hit a double like Cano did. Sure. Yeah. But did he was he just holding it there or did he he kind of like, Um they shifted on him. Yeah, they, he, but they he, he kind of like he, it was like a like a little yeah, he was splash. Like a, yeah. Yeah, kind of so that was a bigger swing. Ball so that was a longer swing. A, so a bunt would be the bat, those. bat yeah. stationary versus yeah. a little push bunt. You also got like the little catch. A little give, yeah. yeah. So at some point, there needs to be speed created. Who would have thought we'd start talking about bunting me and you on the phone? Classic. Well, no, it's just a, <laughs> it's just an analogy. I know. Keep going. But, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to snip this part and just say we had the whole conversation was about bunting. Perfect. Yeah. I'm just gonna go I think it just burped in the mic too. So okay. make sure you leave that in there. Right. Leave all you edit real, real here. The uh but if you start at a bunt and you go to like the biggest, longest men's slow pitch softball, whatever, they're just it's probably that uh swing where the guy actually swings, it goes behind his back and then he hits. Have you seen the softball guy that I have that? seen that? That's yeah. probably the longest swing you can get, huh? I actually think that's a short swing. Okay. Well, I guess, that's you know it's very deep. But if you go by initiation of swing, like blast metric would measure it as long. Time of contact would be long. Yeah. You'd have to start Maybe. really early. I don't know. It's a deep swing. <laughs> it's a deep, it's swing. a deep swing. But <laughs> sure. it's just like you can you can zoom in and zoom out on detail. Yeah. To the whatever, like everything always points back to the athlete that somebody needs to get in the batter's box and hit. Mm-hmm. They need to get in the batter's box, feel like they have a clue what they're doing, have something repeatable that they can hold on to. And I I feel like perfect like major league hitters. The guys that hit 260, 270 and have a job for 10 years, they figured out how to play at that level. And I use the analogy of video games. Mm-hmm. And like level one is like Little League, 12 U. Like you, you got to be able to beat level one mm-hmm. to get to level two. Mm-hmm. And every level you move up, there's a new boss. There's a new like yep. Bowser. Bowser just would like charge you, and like try to get you. And then next level, Bowser's got this hammer that he throws at you. Yeah. And you got to figure out how to jump. And then you can. He could jump. Yeah. And then he could, yeah. So you <laughs> yeah. you go through these different levels, and the thing that makes you successful at level four is a piece of level five, but you need to learn something new for level five. Yeah. So when this whole thing of like perfect, perfect mechanics, how many truly elite hitters have existed in the history of the game? Very little. And what actually separates what? Miguel Cambrera from somebody else? Like what is the well, thing? And what is elite? I mean, obviously, too. From yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, as a but Hall it, of Fame, I mean, you can mark it as like Hall of Fame, maybe. Only a certain fraction of the league is an all star every year. Yeah. And it's a very small fraction. For sure. And so, we've also coined, like, I, I was thinking about, to your point there as well, I was thinking about this the other day about like, we're like, oh, 300, he's a good hitter. And it's like, you know, when people really bat 300, like, especially nowadays, like, it's just, you know, one, it's not 
necessarily most of the goals. And I think in a lot of ways, I mean, it's not that people want less hits, but um, you know, necessarily it's less than it was before of like average being so important. But like you were saying as well, I really thought about that the other day as just being like, what we, in my head of like a standard of like what a good hitter is, is, is like a great phenomenal hitter, you know, at this point, like, especially within the game where it's like, you know, and again, obviously that's not the only metric. Again, we talked about like, you know, OPS and so many other things you can measure by, but I just thought that was interesting. Is like, I started realizing that even me, what my standard of what a good hitter in the big leagues mm-hmm. was like an elite hitter in, in the big leagues, you know? Yeah. But you get the guy that hits 260 and hangs around for 10, 12 years. Yeah. They figured out what they need to do to be successful at that level. Yeah. And their level of, of success may not be the all-star level player. But at the major league level, they need – if you can perform at 260, 270, and the league knows that, and the, the team that pays you knows that, the value of that versus bringing in a minor league guy yep. that might hit 220, it's known commodity versus unknown commodity. Yep. And the things that that player needs to do to hit 260, 270, the pitches that they know they can hit and what they can't hit, the they know how to play against certain bosses. And when you're in the league for a while, you know how – you're going to get pitched. You know how they're trying to get you out. Yeah. So your strategy, their whole mental game and approach is so different because they're playing the same players every single day. And they, mm-hmm. they've figured out what they need to look for and what they need to do to be successful. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with swing mechanics. Mm-hmm. And if you, tra- if you change their mechanics, mm-hmm. that's really risky the for them. That's yeah. really risky for them. So I used to always be like, oh, well, this guy's swing is terrible. Why wouldn't he why wouldn't he be all over this? It's like, well, he's making $4 million a year and you're yeah. potentially taking that away from him. Yeah. You're a risk, not an opportunity. Sure. And I, I, I think most people don't see it that way. And it's, no, it's, it's, I, a, it's a different perspective because it's a job and there's a, there's a minimum level of production that they are comfortable with that they need to be able to achieve a certain amount of success. My question would be with you also contextually playing devil's advocate on the other side of that. Let's say you take somebody like Mookie Betts all-star, all the thing. He made a pretty gonna, big swing change. You're going to go right? ahead. He made a pretty big swing change, like that he was already like, I mean, again, to most people's eyes, he's elite, right? Already, mm-hmm. right? Um, Now, along with that, he made some pretty big swing changes of what he's he's done. Um, You know, again, like he was more of like a roll guy up top. Now he's like more like, you know, stick, like, you know, almost, again, limited roll, I guess you would say. If you can say it from that sense. Um, some bigger changes that he's made from there. Is it risky? For sure. But also, too, for example, like cutting your chest open and performing heart surgery is risky, but at the same time necessary in certain situations. And also for an elite performer, you know, like let's say, for example, like I remember when like my hand, for example, when I broke my hand in a small town, they just put me in a little splint, put my hand back together and let it heal at like 39 degrees. Like no big deal, right? Because it wasn't worth them cutting open my hand because the risk that they had on the opposite side with like infection, how they would actually do it, like how they're, they weren't hand specialists. They were like a town of like 2,500 people. Like is don't really perform them like that very often mm-hmm. and all those things. But then again, every time, like the immediately, as soon as I dove back into a bag, like my hand would immediately swell up and it's like, it wasn't going to work. So I come see a hand specialist here in Vegas and he's like, dude, we're having surgery tomorrow. Like I have to rebreak your hand. I'm putting a rod through the back of your hand. Like he does all these other things and performs a surgery. So it's like also risky to who, where it's like, if I can take Humpty Dumpty back apart and put it back together again, like for example, like if you were going to change a guy's swing, it's less risky for you 
than it is for maybe someone that's like a high school, like second year coaching. Maybe he's only done little league. He's only volunteered all these other things. Like, Hey, if you start changing things, it's like, there's still risk. There's always risk. No matter what we do, there's also a risk of not changing anything. Right. Where like, and that's what I was going to ask you as well. Contextually, like you take a guy like Mookie where the, the league's going to start to adapt over the years. Right. Where like, you know, for example, you take somebody like Jose Batista. Right. And I know that obviously you've got some awareness obviously there, but it's like, you know, he ended up having so many injuries, like in a short time frame. It's like, okay, well, how he used to hit also is going to lead to him some other ways where like, you know, he can't hit that way no longer anymore. Um, so at what point do you also weigh that where it's a, a sense of like, well, he bats 250 in the big leagues and we're going to leave him alone, right? Comparatively to, um, you know, he's what is success there, right? And also, do we just leave everybody alone? You know, do we like, they've all learned to compete and get to a, a, a 1%, less than 1% level and they're all elite in that way and we should just shit and touch anybody? You know, what is the... Well, the... I would say most of the guys that are hitting 260, they want to be hitting 300. 100%. It's not that they don't want to. It's yeah. it's so competitive, yeah. and they're fighting for survival to an extent. It, it, so much of it's mindset. So much of it is believing in yourself and taking the risk. Mm-hmm. I, most of the guys that I know that have made that transformation from maybe, I wouldn't even say fringe big leaguer, but they're they're there but they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And most of them have, they, they just take extreme accountability for what, for their careers. That's the biggest yeah. separators. They say, I'm selling out to something. I'm going for it. If I go down, it's on my terms. Yeah. So I'm all in. Mm-hmm. And once they make that commitment, it frees them up. Mm-hmm. And if they fail, they fail, but at least they know. I got a tough one. I got a tough question for you. Segway. What is something, what is something you uh, passionately believed six years ago that you disagree with now? <clears throat> I don't. Is there anything that you were like, is there anything where you're like, yeah, I was wrong by that? Or I see it from a very different lens than I did. I don't think so. Because again, most of what I'm doing is just observing and trying mm-hmm. to, trying to understand what created success. Yeah. So if I watch a pool swing, like his moves are his moves. And I've always looked at the swing through how the bat's moving mm-hmm. because the bat can't move unless your hands are on the bat, unless your mm-hmm. your body's creating a bat path. Do you think it's better now? Is what better now? His swing this year. Did you see the article it, it, that he did adjustments he made at the, at the second mm-hmm. half? I think he's older now mm-hmm. and he needed, he needs a leg lift mm-hmm. to get himself going. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Mm-hmm. He had an amazing second half. Um, there's, there's been issues with his feet. There's mm-hmm. when he was playing in in Los Angeles, he, his body was broken down. Yeah. Well, he so, was also like, I don't remember. I don't know. I'm sure. I know he's he's like one of your faves, but like obviously when he was also struggling too. Like I remember I sent over uh, Donnie Ecker at one point. And I was like, what do you got on that lower half? Like he's like pinning his knees. Like he mm-hmm. at one point was like super pinning his knees. Like and didn't like his adductors were just groin heavy. Like you know along with it and. I know he's having some issues and things there, but now he's back wider again, which mm-hmm. again, though. But was that his feet that was causing him to to do that? What A guy like him, he's had success. Mm-hmm. To, to sustain that type of success is really hard. Yeah. And if something 
breaks, like your foot starts to hurt and you can't load the way that you've needed to load. He's leaning into stuff. Like he's always had the back knee tucked, yeah. but then he started doing like the front knee a little bit too. Yeah. And it was, you, you lose stuff, you gain stuff. And well, I also think you start to, uh, this is the other part. You go a little higher, usually the same thing as well. Like start having knee problems, all those other things. Anytime, anytime somebody has knee or like lower back problems, I immediately and generally and just in general, I'm like, there's something going on with the pelvis. Like there's something going on with the pelvis where again, it's usually affecting the stable joint above or below. And like, you know, for example, most people that have knee problems, like there's a massive pelvis, uh, pelvis deficiency. And like, there's too much range of motion that's happening in the knee, like laterally or in, in some you know way where like, there's not enough pelvic stability. And then a guy like him that also is pinning his knees in, um, not saying that nothing happened with this feet or any of those other things as well, um, that comes into it. But a lot of times even too, the, it could go down the chain, right? Where all of a sudden now your feet anatomy actually starts changing. All this thing starts adapting to, you know, like human tissue, not having free will, like it has to change the demand and what you're asking it to do. But also too, when a guy is like really pinned like that, or anytime I have a guy that's like really pinned into like his adductor there, a lot of times, like, like it or not, most likely that glute in the back is going to be inhibited. Like, because again, you're compensating into the other, you know, pelvic stability where like a lot of guys are like when they're way too one way or another, or again, for a guy that's like super external, like a lot of times his adductors, those things start to get inhibited. But like, I just think on the uh, same thing, like the reason I was like bringing that up as well is that, you know, again, he's a guy that changed his swing multiple times, especially in recent years, mm -hmm. you know, throughout his career where it's like, again, going back to that original thing that we talked about, it was like, but he would, when Albert would take BP, he would always do his normal machine, yeah. like wide stance, whatever. Mm -hmm. His last round, he would always do a big leg kick. Mm -hmm. This was like back in 20. Yeah. I worked with a guy with the Cardinals back in 2010, 2011. Yeah. And he would talk about like every yeah. final round of the day, he would like, he used to have your clips. You used to have, because you used to have a lot of BP clips from, yep. you know, when you go out and I remember having, you having a lot of Albert yeah. like, clips and this stuff. Yeah. So the Plus he was like your dude, you know? So like, he's like your Mount Rushmore guy. So I know yep. that that was like a guy that you paid a lot of close attention yeah. to. Kind of like I do with like JD and mm -hmm. those other guys. Yeah. Yeah. So the leg kick wasn't like this brand new out of nowhere type move. Yeah. <clears throat> it was him trying to find something. Yeah. And that, that, that line between success and failure is so thin. And he's get he's losing speed. His legs are bright. He's pinning his knees. He's, try, he's trying to find something. Yeah. And with the Cardinals this year, I, we've talked about it on uh, Peltero Pickle. Mm -hmm. It just looks like he's having fun. Mm -hmm. for our, the second half. Yeah. We also heard stories that he was considering shutting it down at the All Star break. Yep. That he was gonna re, he was gonna stop. He was gonna retire at the at the break. Wow. And that some of the guys there convinced him not to. So to be back in St. Louis, which probably felt like home. Yeah. Beginning of the season with his family, family issues. Yeah. Well, and, and we had family issues yeah. that, that were getting sorted up beginning of the year. It's a lot of the final year. Yeah, that's a lot going on for sure. And I think the casual fan forgets that they're people and that, yeah. you know, how are you doing at work if you've got stuff going on at home? You got a sick family member or something's going on, it's going to distract you. Yeah. And when you're trying to play a game at that speed and you're mm -hmm. distracted, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard. It's really hard. I have uh, uh, another challenge for you. So I was thinking this. Obviously, we've been talking. Obviously, we've been talking about uh, um, so many different ways of like communication and all these other things. And we've talked about it in the same thing that there's things that obviously, you know, we've uh, disagreed about on the same thing of like, you know, training wise and X, Y, and Z. But I also think one of the things I talked about in the previous podcast, I know that you listened to, I was actually, it's funny because I walked in my office and I was clicking through my tabs before I came out here. 
and uh, had it pulled up on your guys' YouTube because I was watching some of your guys' stuff, um, especially because you guys did that Judge um, podcast the other day, and I was listening through uh, some of that, which I still haven't finished, by the way. Um, but in any case, I do think, one, I think it would be interesting also for a viewer, two, also example of like bigger things of like happening in the game. One of the things I was going to bring up is um, I think we should talk about things we disagree about. <laughs> and I think, again, I think it would be productive in that same sense. And I was like, so one of the things I was um, going to bring up, I wanted you to kind of, um, you know, open up as well is, you know, for example, um, you've talked about for a long time, um, especially when it comes to like timing along with it. I think you've been a guy that's been accused of bigger moves. Let that be a leg kick. Let that be a bat tip. Yeah. Let that be movement. Like you really like flow, like mm -hmm. a lot of those different things as well. And I've had a lot of guys where I've had to use, and I'm happy I've had that in my bank because I've had to actually use with a lot of guys in that same way. Um, also too, I know historically, even me and you started to talk about it last night is um, you don't like a lot of presets, you know, like where uh, it, you take a lot of movement out of it and it's very, and again, along with it, I was more leaning Again, obviously, again, coming up like from all the stuff I've consumed from you, I was very movement, like a lot of movement um, in the sense of like athletically flow, all those other things. Um, when I got to 108, you know, Eugene had a different, you know, a lot different philosophy and I saw a lot of value and like obviously how he's doing things as well. But um, I wanted to bring that back up, you know, with you, because one of the things that you used to talk about a lot back in the day and also one of the big things is like, um, you know, we get into your gather, we get into the crunch move we get into like you know a timing of lower half to upper half and then sinking with each other um sometimes again you pointed out i pointed out multiple times like you know like elbow to knee like where donaldson like literally like hits his elbow um you know before he comes back within like timing there's like ball drop drills there's so many different things again i know Ben soyok does like a ball drop drill that it's like very like that with like timing the hands of like coming back and what that looks like um as well um why don't you kind of talk through, um, I know that again, that's more, uh, with flow, like why that has been so like big for you and why you feel like that is so important in the swing comparison to some of the things of, I know a lot of people also use a lot, utilize, including me in the same way of like a preset or pre-stretch or all those other things where you're not, uh, there isn't that movement there. And why don't you kind of open that up slightly? I think my lens from what I was taught when I was younger. Mm influence a lot of that and <clears throat> when i was talking about this stuff 2009 2010 i mean i grew up with the foot down early hands back yep like literally load stop by the time the ball's released yeah so if you come from a lens of i'm my entire life go through high school college into some pro, and low level pro ball but this is like my whole career yeah i'm being told load stop that's how i was too. load stop Agreed. load stop and then i pull up a video and the best hitters on the planet have their hands at the lowest point and their leg in the air mm -hmm. at pitch release. The exact opposite of what I've been taught. Yep. Blows up your whole reality of what mm -hmm. hitting is. So yeah. in general, I I mean, there's kids that come in that are super lax and they, they need stability. And I would do more stability-based and preset or minimize the movements. But for the most part, kids I was dealing with needed movement. They needed mm -hmm. They needed to understand when to move as much as how to move so like the go drills that i used to that were in my book yeah. like it's funny because i i don't know if people assume that i do all those drills with every single player but yeah yeah 
like those would come out on occasion, but they're just constraint drills to try to get kids to be in a position like the halfway home drill, like keep your bat vertical until the ball's halfway to home plate. Because if you do that, you've got a chance to create movement with your body. Yeah. Delaying the hands. Yeah. Without almost every kid, they'd pull their hands back and then stop. Pull their hands back, stop. Mm. So the movement for me was. I got to be ready to swing that pitch release, though. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> uh, but it's the, the, the hitters that are standing in front of me, these are the things that they're showing me consistently. Mm. And. It to me, it's the the movement. There's one book I forget what it's called right now, but it was uh some mixed martial art thing, and he he would talk about making the small the circle smaller. The art of learning. Art of learning, yeah. So make the you, circle. You smaller. recommended it to me, and I read it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I just that was, I mean I read that's ten years ago for me. Hundred percent. I was gonna bring it up, and yeah. I'm happy you did. Yeah, but Good. I figured that you were gonna bring it up. Yeah. So if you start with a move that's big, you can condense it and make it smaller, smaller, smaller. And if you can, if you understand the move, you can make it as big as you want or as small as you want. Well, and and it's simplicity before you know again like that everybody's experience and exaggeration but that's why i like pool so much because his moves are so structured like he Mm -hmm. creates his the geometry of the body which is a phrase i've always loved the geometry of his body is so clear and obvious so that's why i like using them as an example because it's simple Mm -hmm. which is funny because i'm a big movement guy and uh, the guy i love the most is pools who's not a big movement guy Mm -hmm. so if you understand the positioning that you're trying to achieve, well, he's got a bigger swing. move now. Yeah, but back in back in the day, he's yeah, he wide was, and he was the example of get the foot down and then he would like start the bat angled back, angled back. Which if at the time there were no side views available, so you didn't know that he started back and then he would yeah, and it he would, would tip and it would come forward or or like uh, Bryant. A lot of people like I posted a video about hinging instead of squatting one day, and they're like, "Well, tell that to Chris Bryant." And I'm like, "Bro, he starts in his knees. Watch his first move, like." hips pop back and he boom goes into it like it's like that's where just where he starts and then like yeah. as soon as he does his forward move he gets back in this other position it's like yeah. you know a lot of guys do that they'll sit in a squat and then right as the move happens like they'll come up and out or yeah you know, into that more so yeah so in general the one of the bigger mistakes i see is kids they load statically too early mm. and i want the whole thing to be flow i want the yeah. whole thing to be rhythm yeah so bigger moves help promote that yeah and if I've got a kid in the cage, we're gonna we're gonna progress from big moves to small moves. We're gonna go really big moves with with no moving ball, yeah. with the moving ball, and then we're gonna try to condense it. And I'm gonna challenge you. Mm. It's not like every single kid I'm gonna have doing a Mel Ott drill, yeah, where he's literally bringing the the bat down to his knee. Yeah, we used but, to do that. But I'll even, do that. I'd even have guys like tap the not the knob of the bat on their front knee and then yeah. work it work it back. Yeah, we used to do that a lot. And the thing is is actually interesting and the reason i brought this up is it's contrary to a lot of skill acquisition science but i know that it works like you're saying like again i've seen that work so much and again more again it's more on like the martial arts which is like practical rather than and you still take in pieces obviously that is in the sense of uh you're taking away other variables so that they can be variable where they could move and do these things where again we might go back to the T or whatever that is, right? But also too, for example, um, Eugene was more kind of like traditional skill acquisition, which it was like l- you move less, right? Like you move less. How little can I move with how much can I produce? And also taking away a lot of like momentum, like where again I'm not using a lot of momentum. 
and it's not that you're anti he's like he was anti-momentum or any of those things or those things but again along with it it was like how much force can i create in very small windows with like the smallest move possible and the more i move the more you know timing variables that i have like along with it which again i think there's some truth to all of those pieces but i say in general like with me one of the things i talk about is like like creating like an attractor like there's an there's a reason why when we take every hitter right and we get to your 50 50 or whatever you want to call that your launch position all these other things there's a reason why every really good hitter like they get to a small variation of that spot right like so randy might you know sullivan might mark that as like an attractor like you know where i want to you know get to or through or however you want to describe it that way mm -hmm. but also along with it one of the things that i talk about guys like when I go to train guys, one of the main things like, and that's why you'll see a lot of my videos, a lot of my videos, and, and you've brought this up to me a lot and being like, you know, cause I post a lot of constraint post, which gets me a lot of different, you know, again, cause it's a very different philosophy than a lot of people do where like most people just post full swings. Pro hitter could hit the, you know, 90% of their time in constraints. Someone's going to post their full swing of them hitting a ball 110 and you see them in BP. And that's what they did. For example, like you'll watch, um, I, I wrote about that uh, article like that they wrote on Donnie when he was um, in San Francisco and they're like, oh, all this challenging machine work and all these other things. And I'm like, did you guys go down in the cage? Like you, you guys saw his field BP and you said like, that's hundred percent. This is how it is. All these things. Like you don't, you didn't see any of the constraints that he did down in the cage. You don't see any things he does in the weight room. You have no idea. Again, all the patterning work and all the things that he does before he ever. And then also too, you call it high velo machine and the machine's shooting at 75 or 80 miles an hour or with an unmatched, like, like they're more creating angles then they are like overmatching them with speed or like you're not, it's not a 95, 98 mile an hour fastball. And most of the time Donnie's using it as a breaking ball. Like it's most of the time when he's doing things and like, I've seen him go through that process. So I also think it's interesting when again, like the misinformation there where it's like, you know, he's just firing balls. Like, no, that's not what one of the best hitting. Self-organized. Yeah. Yeah. And then just letting those guys hit and go, oh yeah, we're just going to see sliders from this angle. And that being, it's almost like for me, it's like, and again, I'll also too as intellectual and also like friend of Donnie, like it's almost like, a reductionist view on like how good of a coach like he is is like when they when they reduce it down to the simplicity of oh they just fire balls from the same singles with the same spin with the same this and that's why his guys can hit it's just like no um and also on top of that um i think it just sends the wrong message for so many coaches and runs them again imagine if you go to that stop and someone sent you with the 10 different options of where you can go and someone sent you down the wrong road um, and said it was the right road and made you believe it was the right road. And then you keep her banging your head against the wall being like, I just must be an idiot because, you know, like this isn't working. Um, and, you know, and again, along with that, and that's what you got to be careful also with what people say compared to what they do. And like that mix between of all of that. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, for example, one of the main things philosophy for me is you'll see me post a lot of guys from launch. And one of the things I reason I go with a lot of guys from launch is one, most people, when you get from an anatomy perspective and you understand everything the body has to do during the stride, like you have your entire anatomy on one leg while it's going through multiple planes of motion all at the same time, controlling it through a glute where most people's glutes are really inhibited and very weak. Um, they rush in and out of their positions. Also too, along with it, like from a force plate perspective as well, I can measure how inconsistent their forward moves are. And again, if that moves really inconsistent, let alone like, again, that's why I think so many guys do well with like a toe tap, uh, a no stride, two strikes. What do we do? Like, why do so many people get wider? Why do so many, like it again, from 
a force production and biomechanics side, it makes a lot of sense of like body control and why you can, you know, like why with two strikes, like same reason, like why do we choke up? Like all the, like there's, there's science behind reasoning behind why these things have worked for so, so long. But like, for example, one of the main reasons I like to work from launch is one is, and everybody has different definitions of launch up. Is it front heel up? Is it, you know, big toe, like, you know, on my 90% on my backside, is it really 50, 50? Is it really this and those other things? And that's where like, even like, you know, insoles and like stuff like that as well. Like you can kind of feel like 50, 50, yeah. but it's actually not 50, 50. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. There's a difference between weight distribution and pressure distribution. Those are different things. They don't always align just because I have this much weight on my back foot. Doesn't mean I have the same amount of pressure. I could have my weight back, but my pressure forward. And that's a very, again, in golf, it's very known in that same way of what that looks like. Um, and how much pressure, and then also too, just because I'm creating pressure that way, is it creating the same amount of force? Now, now we're there's another layer that we're getting into. Okay, now you get all those things together. But my a big thing that I do from launch is like, for example, if reciprocal torque, you know, pattern like in a ground is like you don't create a lot of force that way currently right now. Um, well, of course you're going to go to something else because you don't create force that way very well. So one of the main things I do, again, like the reason I start with reciprocal movement and a lot of those different ways of like drills and stuff that we do, it's like you, you will never move this way and it will never be a good option for you because you literally can't create force that well this way. And because of that, like, you know, again, you won't throw a punch this way because it's, it's, it's not going to work. Like it won't work. And like, if I just, that's why some people ask me like, oh, like I had a coach at a power fire the other day, like text me and they're like, what do you think about them um, doing like a kickback? And I'm like. Well, it's not that easy. Like, you can't just be like, hey, like, just try a kickback. Like, you know, like, they probably, you, you might have them hit worse, but especially with watching how this athlete, like, creates force. Because I'm, I'm probably predicting that it's probably very detrimental for you to do that. And again, if you're watching from my social media, you might be like, what? You said tell someone not to kick back. I was like, well, because it's not that simple. So if you're, if you're watching my, again, like, and I did, uh, we talked about that in one podcast. It's like, if you're watching our content thinking like, oh, I'm just going to try a kickback and all of a sudden I'm going to be elite. Like. Well, you missed it, you know, in the first place. And also, too, you're missing so many other things and you're just reductionist thinking. But the other big part is along with it is like if I can teach you to have no momentum, right, and I can teach you to engage in the ground, um, how to use the ground with no way to compensate with all these, you know, constraining you where you have to create force this way. Um, and then also I'm telling your brain that this spot is really important for me to get to. Like we practice this so much. Then when I get into like a forward move, um, I'm teaching the brain. I'm trying to, hey, get to your spot. Well, mm -hmm. get to my spot. Well, what the hell is my spot? What does that even feel like? And also too, I only sometimes get there because my how inconsistent my forward move is. So I actually start backwards. I start where we're 100, like every time we're trying to get to and like within small variation mm -hmm. within this bandwidth, I'm trying to get here. Then when we start doing striding, I felt like for me, it's a lot easier for me to teach the stride because when I say, hey, get to your spot, they know what their spot is. And then I blend. Kind of landmark already yeah. established. And then I blend back and forth, right? Then I go, okay, launch, stride, launch, stride, mm -hmm. get to your spot. Did you get to your spot? And because they know it in their head, they're like, nope. Oh, I didn't have slack pulled out. Oh, I didn't do these other things, right? And then also too, so crazy how I tell like these guys all the time. Let's say the guy's averaging like a, 95 EV or something like that. Like good for him, right? 95 EV. Then we go from launch and he's averaging 94. Like how efficient is your forward move? Like is that leg kick that you're doing to your ear? 
Is it really giving you what you think it's giving you? Like if it's a power move for you or you're doing this because you're trying to create some more power, like, bro, like you're creating 94 with a no stride, mm-hmm. right? And again, along with that, like, what does your average look like then? You know, what are your angles look like? All these other things. And like, yeah, now you're, hit, you're hitting balls. Like your, your ceiling is higher with this leg kick, your max EV for sure. But the problem is the same thing too. Your basement is way lower and your miss hits are way more often and you're slicing and you're cutting and your, your spacing is messed up and your directions messed up. And it's like, great, you created all this force, but what did you compromise? You know, again, Robin, you know, Tom, the food, Paul, whatever it is, right? It's like, you know, what did you compromise in that same mean part? So again, along with that though, now to say that though, I've had guys where starting with no flow, right? And again, just like me, I came up very similar in the same way as you. It's like smaller guy, foot down early, move the ball around, back control, all the, you know, like that type of philosophy. Um, where again, when I, I remember when I didn't have power, one of the things I latched onto your stuff, it's very similar in that same way was I started to move again and also get some natural moves to start coming out that really helped me hit, create some stretch dynamically to do some of these other things. Um, and that was really powerful for me. Um, then I went too far off the deep end, right? And it was like more, more, more separation, more speed, more, you know, mm-hmm. land more open, hit so like, you know, and again, going to those other things uh, like along with it were then also too, obviously, again, like was getting very draggy and was like just dragging my barrel constantly and had a cheap fastballs, was getting exposed by all-speed levels and stuff. So then when I went to like Eugene stuff and started learning get back across my body and like how to close that gap of separation and, and that more isn't always better and like, you know, like all these things. Yeah, hitting, hitting has to be the primary goal. Yeah. So when when people go too far with it, that's the tendencies, are, which is why people have problems with driveline, just screaming bat speed, bat speed, bat speed. Mm-hmm. Like if you're chasing bat speed without the context of hitting in games and being yeah. quick, like you can you can create more we'll bat speed direction. Any of the, other the majority of the time when I see players chasing bat speed, they're creating longer swings. Agreed. Which so is, which that's is, like that's my defense mechanism when said when people are like oh increase bat speed or if Mookie Betts could increase his bat speed by two miles per hour, how much better could he be? Yeah. Like well, how much worse could he be too? You For sure. You can't, you can't just one side. You can't just say. To your argument, flip a switch and he's got two more miles an hour bat speed. Yeah. Earlier, I think it connects right back to your argument earlier. The, the same thing of being like he obviously has found an elite way to hit at that level where he's an MVP candidate almost every single year now. Well, and then the, the for his year in particular, mm-hmm. not to I don't know, pick on it, but he had two months this year where he went off. Yeah. So was his bat speed better in those months? And they were down and mm-hmm. was his bat speed lower when or, months when he didn't hit? I would bet. Or was it the other way around? I would bet just because I had some information there a little back. I would bet when he, before his MVP year, that his bat speeds were higher with that roll compared to him now with that, his little stick move that he does. But again, along with it, he lost bat speed. But at the same time, there's other things like, for example, when I posted uh, that, uh, that Chewy kid that I posted the other day, that mean you were just talking about yesterday, is when I posted him yesterday, these guys are like long, slow swing, right? And it's just like, well, long where, right? Long in the zone, yep. Like slower than it could be, Yep. Like, does he mash? He's just like, you know, this other thing as well. It's like, for example, and also too, he's using a massive fat barreled 34 inch bat, right? At 16 years old. And then you look at those things as well. It's like, you know, again, like, sure, I can watch Mookie swing and be like long, 
or I can look at it and go, sure. It, 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 there's where and when and in what area am I, would I not, does, do I want them to have a short finish, like a trout type finish? Do I want them to have more of a long Bellinger, you know, fit, like it, is it in the zone and for, is it long this way on the outside of the zone? Is it long to get to the ball? Like where contextually, where are we long? Right. And also contextually, like, obviously it's very easy at any point on anybody's swing. I could say short, long, slow, fast. Again, at the same post, somebody, somebody will comment and be like, dude, what was this bad speed on that? He was blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay. You know, and that's, which is why the measuring, you know, we get into all the measurement stuff of what's really happening. But I do think it's an interesting piece where, you know, for example, like where I've had that mix where, um, and to be, you know, straight with you in the same way as well. And, and I know that it's going to be opposite for you. Um, I typically, especially with guys that are really athletic, I get like mix. Some of them are so athletic that they want to do things dynamically because they can compensate. It's very easy to be athletic and compensate. They can come up with, you know, other ways to create the force if I let them move and I don't constrain it as much. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, that's the exact reason I'm constraining it because how you're trying to create force, that compensation is the problem, right? Like that is your biggest thing that helps you, but also your biggest hindrance, right? Your biggest deficiency is also tied to your biggest strength. Right. So then if we really want to make this change, like I have to change that, that thing. And I have to constrain you not to be able to do that anymore because that's what we're working on. Like that's what you, we were trying to change. And then on the opposite end of that, sometimes instead athletes that can't sequence and like CNS wise and all those things are big athletic guys. I'll get them to catch it more by making it. I'll do something really athletic, right? Like, Hey, we're going to do this very dynamic where I'm going to do like a reverse leg kick or something like that, which is pretty hard to do, especially then like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a reverse leg kick off the machine. It's like, okay, like this is definitely something very different than what I've normally done where I'm like picking up my back leg, you know, up towards my chest and like literally like a reverse leg kick, like the, like the other way and swing the opposite way, right? And it's like, that's very different for them and, and a very athletic thing to be able to control. Um, and for some people that's, you know, like again, when I had, um, you know, Paige in here from like Oregon or, um, you know, some of my pro guys that are just like really athletic, you know, for example, like one thing when we, I used to work with, uh, uh, Marisnik was he really liked like athletic things. Like it would clean up a lot, but also at the same time, you know, you're constantly, you're doing those other things. It's like, you know, when he'd start doing it too much and just doing everything athletic, right. Or everything with movement or what does athletic mean to you? Um, you know, a lot of things, you know, would feed into a lot of compensations that he had, which is how he was making up for other forces, which is, you know, some of the main things that we're trying to fix. It's always balance. It's always balance. Yeah. Regardless of whatever hitting approach you subscribe to, mm -hmm. if you go too deep with it or go too far with it, mm -hmm. just like we were, who were we talking about earlier with, uh, with JD yep. and going with the hockey stick move? Yep. He had to get away from something yep. with a bigger extreme of something else. Yep. And then you have success with that. Yep. And you go too deep with that. Now you're yep. too that you're too far down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So you have to come back. And, yep. and it's I was talking about with hitting, like we get the barrel, right? Mm -hmm. you, there's a lot of range on top and there's a lot of range on bottom that you can miss. To hit it square, it's such a small amount. So yep. it's always that up back and forth, up and down, yeah, left and right, like finding that neutral, that that middle ground where you mm -hmm. will excel. And that middle ground is gonna be a little bit different for every player. Mm -hmm. But like to your point earlier about the the fifty fifty launch, whatever we yeah. call it the truth, like yeah. 
hitters are going to move to that position. Yeah. So if you get to that position, one thing I like about the kickback and the, the feel of it mm-hmm. is if you get to that position and everything turns left, mm-hmm. you're spinning. 100%. You're just spinning. Everything, everything's just, as a righty, everything's turning left. Yeah. So if you're trying to create direction, the shoulders have to move through. There's going to be a rotational move of the shoulders. Yep. If the hips are also going, there's no resistance. There's no tension. There's yep. no, you're just spinning. Yeah. So that's just a really fundamental. I don't know how you would disagree with that type of. Yeah. Topic. It just yep. get in the cage and feel it. If you feel your bat just coming straight around the ball, put a farm board on your back foot and see what you feel. For sure. At least experiment with it instead of just. Yeah. Talking well, trash about it. Well, and I I think the other you know, piece like along with it is like one of the examples I give, I think that you'd really like with this is if you can't wrap your head around, like some people are like, yeah, but if I get there at the right time, it's all timing. Kind of like what you're talking about. Like, yeah, I am turning left, but it's all timing. If I get there at the right time, who cares? Like, you know, even more driveline, more, uh, baseball rebellion, more that way. It's like rotate, 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 rotate. Right. Um, some things that are also a, a talk with that is like, a basic understanding of what that looks like in contrary is like when we walk, when we walk, our pelvis goes the opposite way as our upper body. Why is that so important? Well, if you try to walk with your right shoulder and your right hip and everything turning at the same time, you literally like zigzag back and forth. It's a big turn to your right, a big turn to your left, and you end up zigzagging and your direction is wild. But instead, when you walk and they counter each other, you walk straight with two different rotations. Mm-hmm. They're countering each other to give me direction. There's a, I, I just remembered, I got to share an Instagram with you that I saw last night. Oh. And it was really cool. It was, it was you know, you'll re- end up reposting it, but it was a kid that was hanging from a bar. Mm-hmm. And then a coach had a physio ball that the kid was like dolphin kicking, basically. Like two legs kicking at oh, the same my God. time. Like, what's a dolphin kick? <laughs> so like both legs like kicking at the same time, but yeah. from, from a uh, hanging. hanging position. Yeah. And it was like a wave of, mm-hmm. it was his lower body would kick and as his lower his butt was going back as his legs were kicking out yeah it was it was just this like wave of motion yeah and it's a similar type deal where it's if you walk and it's the same it's same side hilarious yeah really funny feel yeah and you would never do that mm-hmm. in, in in competition you would never run right arm forward right leg forward 100%. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And that's where I think for the same thing of like within direction of love things. And also I mentioned this quite a bit, but I haven't mentioned it to you directly. Uh, people are, again, one of the main things people push back when they're like um, bargaining, you know, also like arguing, I think also in that same way is in some sense is like, I get it for righties, but not for lefties. You know, like I see a lot of righties doing this, like, you know, but it's different for lefties. Well, one of the things, you know, obviously people mention it's a different game from each side of the plate. One, you're running a different direction. Two, on top of that as well, I'm mostly facing righties. On top of that as well, the lefties that I am facing, there is also a lot of soft ones, right, in comparison to righties. Also, from a righty, majority of the time, almost everything I'm going to see is breaking away from me. Everything is going away every breaking ball from a righty, all those other things, like, okay, great. Like, let's say I get some arm side run. Okay, you get the change up, sinker. He has some things that are moving that way. But in majority, every breaking ball that they're going to have, right, is going to be breaking. And also, too, why is it the number one thing in high school, youth, all the stuff, we throw fastballs away? 
it's one because the pitcher can actually do it and locate it. But breaking balls are harder to locate, right, and get it for a strike consistently. Two, if you throw it down and away, like most hitters are gonna have a direction problem. Like they can't cover that pitch. It also requires a lot from a, the body standpoint of how to get into a hinge and how I need to rotate through those ranges of motion, actually be able to hit it for power and be able to hit it in the air. Um, you know, again, most people don't have power opposite way. All these, you bring all these things together, like most righties are going to struggle with that pitch. It's going to be really hard, like down and away, up and in, right? But up and in, you get chances of hitting the guy, all this other stuff. Like, and it's like, that's why that's like the number one pitch, in my opinion, like for that, uh, the game there. But also too, like lefties, lefties, uh, so I would say righties have more, of a direction focus. They have to have really good direction. If they don't have good direction as a righty, like you're going to be in trouble because you're not going to be able to cover majority of the pitches that you're going to get. Um, especially if the guy's not as good of a pitcher, like they're going to, they're going to live over there just to, you know, let you get yourself out basically mm -hmm. as there's a reason there's also a lefty specialist and not a righty specialist. Lefty specialists already have a, always have a hard breaking ball or like a sweeping breaking ball. Lefties are also more concerned with spacing because everything is into them. Everything is breaking into how they're moving. So they can also get away with things, in my opinion, a lot more. One, from an anatomy standpoint, you look at like the asymmetries that are in our body and like where our organs and everything are positioned. I was talking about this with like um, DJ or push performance. Our bodies are actually more naturally, um, we can rotate more um, from the left side better than we can from the right, just from a asymmetry standpoint of like how our body's like positioned and like where our heart is. Like, you know, we don't have a heart on each side of our body. Like mm -hmm. we don't have every organ on both sides. We're not symmetrical when it comes into like how our organs put together and how our bodies put together. And so because of that and compression and what all that stuff looks like, like uh, naturally just as human beings, we can rotate more to our left side. Um, one, two, also on top of that as well. Again, everything's breaking into me. Majority of my life, the same thing as well. And also two, a lot of righties don't, um, I think it's more likely for you to have cut than it is for you to have arm side where we're a good, like two seam. I like to think of that, you know, or a good sinker or any of those things. Most people are like around or they're dragging, dragging their arm, all those other things, which create, you know, more cut with a lot of their balls. Or again, you know, you're gonna get something straight. But I think also, again, as a lefty, like even their misses, like the breaking balls, like everything's going to be in. Where do you not throw lefties? Like down and in. Like we all know we, we don't miss down and in to a lefty, right? Um, and then then the lefty specialists, like they always have something that's breaking down to that corner. So it's actually funny. When I used to uh, pitch, one of the things that I would do um, is again with it, and a lot of people forget this, like I was actually more of a Division One pitcher than I was a hitter, um, a more recruited pitcher. I didn't pitch. know that. At yeah. All. So I was like a closer setup guy. Um, I had a pretty good cutter uh, because I didn't move my body very well. And so it naturally cut pretty good. Um, and then I get a slight cutter grip and it was like pretty good, you know, along with it. And then um, I had a breaking ball that I couldn't throw for a strike, but unless it was slow, but I threw it really hard and people thought it was a fastball. And I would just bury it like over and over again. Um, <coughs> but I pitched it differently from righty to lefty, he's kind of like a Mariano uh, thing of like, I listened to how he would throw and uh, I found more success with righties, I would throw it down and away. Lefties, I would throw it more up and in. Interesting things where again, when it comes into hitting if it is a different task from each side of the plate because of the constraints are different, the angles are different, the pitch entries are different. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem is different. And What do you think if, uh, if righties had to run to third base instead? I've, I've been asked that certain times 
I think it's big for guys that are like more like slappy or like that's their game is how quickly can I get the first? Do you think lefties build? I've thought about this a lot. Mm. I wish major, I, I wish little league fields were the deepest in the corners and most shallow in center. Mm-hmm. Cause I think when it's short in the corners, you try to hit pull side cause it's the easiest way to hit Homer. Yeah. So it incentivizes pulling. I think it'd be really interesting if righties had to run a third and lefties feel like that you don't want to roll over as a lefty because it's such a short throw from the second base. So couldn't you, couldn't you for a, a thought experiment, if you looked at um, cricket where they have to like run back and forth, mm-hmm. I think is like a thought experiment there of like how I haven't studied enough lefty righty cause they more like over the top. They do that like big motion from over the top. Um, I haven't, um, but again, you would think again, obviously with that, like, swinging wise if they didn't have to run the ways that they do i think more often because i get asked that a lot because a lot of people think like kickback for righties because they have to run the first you know why that you know along with it um and i get like in the same sense like sure like change your orientation where it's going to help you in that same way but again like is that the reason right uh, or force production is yeah running direct that's trying to hit the ball first cricket's different so i met a guy we did a thing in birmingham Mm. this summer for the world games Mm. and there was a a guy from australia that Mm. does cricket the performance lab dude no this he was like a physical therapist that was there working it was more random interaction got it and the the demos that he was doing he was like because the they defend a wicket yeah so they're not defending a strike zone yeah it's different just like golf the ball's on the ground so the angles you're going to create are different but it was really interesting conversation with them. Uh, the developers that we have now, I had to explain the strike zone. Like what mm-hmm. is an inside pitch? What is an outside pitch? What is pull? What is oppo? Yeah. To people that don't understand the game, it's super yeah. challenging. Um, I, I just, I think if you incentivize, if you made like center field 180 feet and the corners were 200 and the kids could look out and be like, oh, if I hit over center field, mm-hmm. I bet that would breed much better hitters consistently. Yeah, de- definitely. Because want- the direction they would they would want to hit the ball to the middle of the field. Yeah. Well, I think kind of with that, I think it creates its own problems in the sense of kind of how a cage is in some sense where cages are straight. So it's incentivized and all the coaches, everybody's like, drive it through the middle, drive it through the middle, drive it through the middle. Cause hitting side nets, like people don't like to hit side nets. Uh, even though, you know, <laughs> just unless you're hitting on hit tracks. Yeah. It's just, yeah, exactly. Or, like yeah. unless you can actually like see a field and like you could, then you get the, the field back dynamic to it. But I mean, I mean, every, I I would foresee it being like everything else. Like every solution creates its own problem. Um, and again, like along with that, are we now just pushing for direction? Cause I only have to get it 190 feet or whatever. And like, that's a Homer. So it's just like, everybody's just like, I just got to hit it hard enough to center, you know? So that's where like, you know, I think for example, like when you put like any time, a lot of people do a lot of, a lot of the tennis ball throwing with all the, like, you know, your chuckets or any of that stuff, or, you know, there's even the one, uh, what's his name has that goes on the bat. A lot of times I see with that is like people start literally just like when some people sell out for quickness, they sell out for direction. Mm-hmm. And when you sell out for direction or hitting objects, like everybody's just like, oh, just put an object and hit it there. Like, yes. But at the same time, then they start cheating for that, like for that direction. Yep. And there's, that causes its own problems. Like when it comes again and what it can rob from spacing, it can rob from force production. It can rob from all these other things as well. And like, there's a way of creating direction, you know, without it being such a like, handsy pushy move that you know creates a lot of good direction it's a it's a it's a valuable compensation 
that can really help in particular situations when I'm trying to purely get direction. Um, it could be very valuable, but I think like, you know, like anything else, it's like creates its own goods and bads, you know, depending on what it, what it looks like, you know, I think would be from there. And like, um, I also think on the same sense of, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting piece. Um, we've talked about with some of the disagreement, I think it's interesting as well is foundationally, that's why I almost think it's like real conversations is like, it's a, you know, what they always call it like a, like keyboard warriors or all these other things. Like people are more likely to write something and disagree than they are necessarily like to disagree in person, especially when you're actually seeing all the other things from the other person as well. Like, you know, you, you, you feel the intent, like you feel the love or passion or, you know, much more respect or all those things that you can't necessarily get from written word especially if you're not very talented at communicating through written word of like how the feelings you're having somebody out. That's like a unique, you know, um, way to communicate in the same way, or if it was just written word compared to like, I know some people that are really good at written word and really bad at talking on stage or, you know, on social media this way. But if you read the written, you know, like there's so many guys that are really good authors that are, would be terrible commentators or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. It's a different, it's a different way of communicating. Um, so I do think it's like an interesting thing. We've talked about that as well as like sometimes like some of these conversations where like, okay, we can disagree on things. And again, that might, that same disagreement, like again, or contextual argument that we're having, you know, as well, could go a billion different ways if it was just written word or again, those on a thing and we didn't know each other and all those other, th you know, places compared to actually sitting down and having real conversations, um, like along with it. And I, I think it's an interesting there. And I want to kind of throw that, kind of question back to you as well of being like um how with that problem of what social media or what all these things have you know gone um you know what is some of we could keep identifying the problem the problem the problem, the problem. okay we get it we get it like okay so again we know that there's these problems here solution-based thinking the same thing as well um, what do you think is next? Cause I don't think baseball just keeps going down that path necessarily. I mean, obviously it could and get worse and all these things, but at some point it almost gets so bad that it's like either people just stop talking, which is also not a solution. Like it's not a solution to not communicate. It's like, okay, you and your wife keep getting into fights all the time. You're like, well, I'm just not going to talk to her then. It's, like, it's not a solution, right? Like it just creates even bigger separation. And at some point it comes to a, a head in the same way where like, we want to be in community. We want to do something like we're going to have these harder conversations, obviously at some point in the same thing as well. So what do you think is, as well as like, where do you um, see those that happening? And where do you see like maybe the, how the conversations change? <laughs>